Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey gang, we'll jump into the show here in just a second. But first, if you're only listening to the free portion of the Bob Seska show on Apple Podcasts and so on, you're only hearing the first hour. There's an additional 20 minutes of show after the end credits roll, and it's all happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the postmortem show at patreon.com slash show or simply bobseskashow.com. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, and it'll only cost you $5 per month, and you'll be supporting this fully independent podcast. Don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. And now, let the cartoons be begin the bob seska show bob seska oh yes i hate this it is revolting more please the bob seska show Yeah, you know what? We're going to talk about that in just a second. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, July 29, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 191 of the Biden-Harris administration, 467 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. Oh, and let's bring him in. T-Rex is here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. It is David T. Rex Ferguson. Jody's not here today. We're going to get to that in a second, too. Yeah, we've gone from three goth ninjas to one. One. That's right. The single goth ninja. Yeah. He's, of course, from the uh, music project Astral Summer. Astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Also, patreon.com slash the T-Rex report. Yeah. So, uh, Jody Hamilton has some work happening at her house today. I, I still want to believe that it's another sequel to uh, what, what was it? Super Squirters Part Nine. Squirters Two, or <laughs> happening in her backyard. There were so many unanswered questions from Super Squirters One and Two. That That's exactly. <laughs> Lots of open-ended storylines that we need to have closure <laughs> so on, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Jody is having some work done on her house today, and there would have been all kinds of people coming in and out, if you know what I mean. Plus, as you heard at the top of the show, we have a new open on the show. Let me explain as briefly as I can why we have a new open on the show. The first reason is because I want, I've wanted to have a new open on the show for years now. It's just that the side of me that fears change... <laughs> has said, no, don't change anything. What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't go messing around. Stop tweaking. Stop the hammering, please. Stop the hammering. No. So 
Why not just do it now? Why not pull the trigger now, streamline the open, get rid of that big chunk of audio right at the top of the show, uh, which I love to do. Make no mistake, I love that. It's a great way to open. It's like a warm-up act for the rest of the show. And sometimes it pertains to the topicality of what we're going to be discussing. So I kind of like that, but it takes a long time to get into the meat of the show. It always has. So we're eliminating all of that, except on the after party. The after party open is going to be exactly the same as it always has been. So I get to do the the fun little comedy bits at the top of the show on the after party. But on the free show, I figure on the Tuesday, Thursday shows, let's just do something that's fun and kind of has that radio flavor, the old timey broadcast flavor, you know, the 80s and uh, 70s and so on with the jingles and because I love that shit, and it's been part of the show since the very beginning. So I'm going to keep doing all of that. But now let's just get into the the meat of it a lot more rapidly. So I hope I hope everyone likes it. I hope you're not all going, ah, fuck this, we're out. <laughs> and then now you're changing everything, Bob. What are you doing? So uh, again, so I, I hope So now that we you. spent 20 minutes explaining that we're going to get to the meat of the show quicker. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, some things, you know, you just have to do. You can't avoid. And so uh, I just, I needed to call attention to the elephant in the room and say, uh, yeah, this is what we're doing and this is why. So, uh, David, ever since Tuesday, I've been wanting to get your take on the uh, the opening testimony in the 1-6 Select Committee proceedings and... Uh, the investigation into the insurrection. Uh, by way of a launching point here, uh, CNN's Manu Raju reported yesterday that Chairman Benny Thompson has told CNN that the select committee will soon issue subpoenas, but he declined to say who would be targeted. He said the panel won't resort to writing letters for voluntary information, good, and will instead mm. go straight to the subpoenas. So, I hope that this is the tact. I hope that this is exactly what happens because they've got to be swift and they have to be unflinching with these subpoenas. Otherwise, it's just going to be Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump and all the rest of them playing politics with it and dragging it out, running out the clock as they did with the uh, impeachment investigations and all the previous hearings that we saw during the Trump administration. Mm. You know, all the bullshit uh, uh, fun and games that they end up playing with this stuff. And instead, you know, I like the approach of just fuck you, <laughs> take this and suck on it. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. That's what they're doing with the subpoenas. So uh, what did you think of the uh, the opening day there and all the testimony from the uh, Capitol Police officers? Well, it was heartbreaking. I mean, it's what I don't understand is how you can see people telling their truth who've been traumatized, who've been abused. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, your Laura Ingrams and Charlie Kirks of the world, like, you know, Laura Ingram's like, I'm going to give awards for the best performance. I mean, oh, just like. God, it's uh, so disrespectful. Like, yeah. What is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, what is your fucking actual damage? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It just, uh, yeah. I don't understand it. I don't understand like where the off ramps to normal human compassion is. That's right. Like that yeah. you can't. Uh, well, I, you think at some point, David, we got to leave politics at the water's edge and act as a country. And that's, you know, I've been talking about that on a couple of occasions. I talked about that with John Fugel saying last night with Cliff Schechter yesterday afternoon. You wonder, is there ever going to be a crisis in this country where everyone just goes, 
yeah, this was awful and we should be against this. You know, and you, you thought that the very least after the insurrection that the politics would be played in this context, the following context, that it was going to be the Republicans versus the Democrats in terms of who could be more harsh against the insurrectionists. Like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the Republicans, ah, oh, the Democrats are weak on the insurrectionists and the Democrats say, oh, well, the Republicans are weak on the insurrectionists. Well, we are saying that because the Republicans actually yeah. are weak on the insurrectionists. But you'd think that that would be the terms of the political fight, not, uh, yes, this happened and the Republicans enabled it, Donald Trump enabled it, ordered it to happen, and here's what the comeuppance should be with the Republicans going, well, this didn't happen, a bunch of tourists. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't, you know, never in a million years do you think that that was going to happen after the fact that this group of thugs invaded and occupied Congress. I mean, this is beyond anything we've ever seen. I mean, we've had... We've had civil wars in this country. Never happened. There was no invasion of the Capitol during the Civil War. We had uh, a British invasion of this country during the War of 1812. They never occupied the Capitol. But they burned down the White House. I mean, that was its own thing. But they never invaded and occupied the Capitol building. And from the very beginning of the framing of the Constitution, the Capitol building was always considered to be the seat of the federal government. The seat of the government. This was the government. The, the Congress is the most important of the three branches of government, and we have to protect this. And as I said the other day, that's why Article 1 in the Constitution, not Article 2, Article 1 in the Constitution is all about the Congress, because the framers believed that that was the most important of the three branches, and for a variety of reasons, the main one being it's the most representative of the country, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, yeah. gerrymandering aside, <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, if you have all of this, yeah, I go feel. Ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say Stephanie Miller today had uh, Eric Holder on her show. It was a huge get, huge Ooh. exclusive. Yeah, and they were talking about gerrymandering. So, if you haven't heard today's Stephanie Miller show, find it wherever you can find it and go listen because it was a. <laughs> Eric Holder is a funny, funny guy. On top of being super duper smart, he was a great attorney general. And he and Barack Obama, of course, are fighting gerrymandering right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a, an amazing conversation this morning on the Stephanie Miller Show. I just want to throw that in there. Well, I was just going to say, in all of this, keep your eyes on Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Because, the, you know, the, as much as the Republicans try to minimize and lie and rewrite history, like, this is a personal thing that happened to her and I think more importantly to her staff. Yeah. Um, and these are the people that she's been working with for years. That building is her home away from home. And it was violated in a disgusting and down and treasonous way. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to she's not playing games with this. And that's why I was, you know, not surprised at all. I was pleased when she said, you know, no clowns on this committee. Sorry, Jim Jordan. <laughs> you know, that's right. yep. um, and, and the Beltway guys were all just like, <gasps> and it's mm-hmm. like, no. She's basically the bus driver from South Park Ranch. Right? Just sit down and shut up. <laughs> you know, like, and it's uh, yeah. because really, like, th- this was a real thing. It was not a political phantasm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, like the voter fraud, quote unquote, that happened in the twenty. You know, it's not one of their unicorns. It yeah. is a real thing, mm-hmm. uh, and people's lives were endangered. And she is not going to let this go. Well. Somehow Nancy Pelosi is suddenly the commander in chief and she was responsible for the D.C. National Guard, which none of that is true. And I just I, it calls to mind the thing that I've observed on many occasions, which is that the Republicans are screwing their own people. 
before any of the rest of us. I mean, we hear a lot about owning the libs, but the first victim of Republican fuckery are other Republicans. <laughs> you know, they're the ones, they're the suckers that are being taken advantage of because of their naivete. This is one of many examples, which is that, oh yeah, Nancy Pelosi, yeah, she had purview over the National Guard, D.C. National Guard. There's no, there's no law or rule or standard that says the Speaker of the House is somehow in charge of deploying the D.C. National Guard. That has never, ever been a thing. In fact, the president is somewhat handcuffed when it comes to deploying the D.C. National Guard. Usually, the president defers a decision like that to the Pentagon, and then the Pentagon makes that decision. But now the Republicans are telling their own people, yeah, it was Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, she screwed up. This is all on her. <sighs> it's immensely frustrating. And at the same time, here's one of the big news items of yesterday that got, I think, very little play. And it should have had more play, which is the fact that uh, the House Republicans, or at least 99.5% of the House Republicans, voted against funding the Capitol Police. 205 out of the 206 House Republicans vote, let me say that again, voted against funding the Capitol Police. The Republicans voted the first time ever in Congress to defund the police. That just happened. The Republicans just did that. The Trump Republicans, the Red Hat Republicans just voted yesterday to defund the Capitol Police. I cannot emphasize that enough. The House passed a 4.8... But law and order. Yeah. Bob. That's right. Why <laughs> what, do you... about, what about Antifa? <laughs> God. <laughs> All those flags with the blue line running down the middle of it. My God. It's like everything else they do. It's completely performative. The patriotism that you see on the Republican side, totally performative. They believe that patriotism is yelling at black people when they kneel for the national anthem. That's Republican patriotism. Standing up for the integrity of the Article I powers, that's real patriotism. Those Capitol Police officers who stood up and testified the other day at the risk of being relentlessly pilloried and hectored by the Red Hat Entertainment Complex, those guys are American patriots. Liz Cheney. Totally. Liz, we, we disagree with Liz Cheney on everything. We always have to preface that for some reason. I always got to say it should be given. Yes, we all disagree with Liz Cheney on policy. But Liz Cheney, Adam Kinziger, patriots. They understand the stakes of this thing, and they know when politics needs to be left at the water's edge, right? $4.8 billion legislative branch spending bill for 2022 funding House operations and U.S. Capitol Police on nearly a party-line vote. That's how it passed. It's the first of 12 appropriations bills the House has uh, approved this year, and the Republicans voted against it. So utterly craven, isn't it? I mean, They're beyond just the worst people in the world. And yeah. it, it's it's like we have a, you know, we have a party that believes in democracy mm -hmm. and voting and civic responsibility. And we have basically neo-Nazis that yeah. are like, we want minority control of this country and we are going to do everything we can to disenfranchise people who don't look like us mm -hmm. and don't have our level of income and don't. It just, yeah, yeah. It's basically, they got rabbit season, duck season into defunding the police. Once again, it's like somehow the Democrats were able to do some kind of political jujitsu and managed to get the Republicans to defund the police. Again, the first 
federal vote in which the police, a police force has been defunded and it's the Republicans voting to defund the police. Just, it's, mm. it's utter, I keep going over this, but it's utterly mind blowing, right? Um, along these lines, uh, we got to talk about the uh, successful vote yesterday on the infrastructure bill. Something that I thought was going to be a long shot. I think we all talked about it here, mm-hmm. about how bizarre that deal was, where there's going to be, I guess the framework was. And uh, again, this was, uh, by the way, supported by Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin and all the rest. We're going to get to Kirsten Cinema here in just a second. Do we have to? <sighs> unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, because she's being her flamboyant spoiler self again. Somewhere um, a Forever 21 is missing its district manager. <laughs> Right. Yep. And by the way, if you haven't heard yesterday's interview show with Cliff Schechter, Cliff had some choice words for Kirsten Cinema as well. So you, you got to listen to yesterday. So much fun on, on yesterday's show. I'm, I'm sorry. If you missed it, I'm sorry. No, just go back and listen. You can listen to it anytime you want. You know, oh, okay. I'm arguing with our fake studio audience now. Uh, <laughs> that's what a bunch pres- of smucks. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, infrastructure bill was passed, and I just I thought it was a long shot, but they managed to do it. I think they got 67 votes to overcome the filibuster. It's not passed yet, and it's got to go yeah. through this amendment process. But uh, it's a one trillion. I think it's more than one trillion dollars uh, in infrastructure. This is a huge. It's a bipartisan one, and then they're going to do a completely partisan Democrats only second infrastructure bill that they're going to pass through reconciliation. Except for the fact that Kirsten Cinema is being a dink again. I don't understand. Where is she getting this? Where is she getting the support to be able to say this kind of crap? That's the, I think that's the question of the hour. Because I don't know a single Democrat who likes Kirsten Cinema. Find me the Democrat who's like, yeah, she's doing a great job. I don't know what your complaints yeah. are about, but she's doing a fine job. <laughs> she is not doing a fine job. Uh, she said yesterday that she will not support the Democrats' $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill. This is not the one that was uh, successfully uh, voted on yesterday. This is the second one. This would be the reconciliation bill that the Democrats were hoping to pass. And now she's saying that she won't support it because it's $3.5 trillion. She stood there outside the White House with Joe Biden, knowing that this second piece of legislation would be $3.5 trillion. We've done this for months. Yeah. yeah. So she stood out there, got all the attention and all the accolades. Look at Kirsten Cinema. She's playing with the big boys now. She's It's, it's Adult Swim, and there's Kirsten Cinema supporting the, this crazy uh, infrastructure deal <laughs> where there's, oh, Mitt Romney's there too. And look, Joe Manchin and Joe Biden and all the rest and Chuck Schumer. But she now she's backing away from it for some reason. I don't understand. There has got to be. And I know we all have our speculation. But what I'm looking for is hard journalism in terms of who's getting to her, where she thinks she's going to get any kind of support whatsoever when she's up for re-election. I guess, what is she uh, up for re-election again? I want to say 24, maybe? It's, it, I think I it's 24. No but regardless... I don't know where she's going to get the support in the primary, much less the general election at this point, maybe from Republicans. 
I don't know what the demographics necessarily are in Arizona these days. They seem to be shifting quite rapidly. But I can't imagine Democrats going, oh, yeah, Kirsten Sinek got to vote. Like, great got job. Over. Got yeah, to put her back in office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice job. Like, pol- polite round of applause for Kirsten Sinema. No, no. She told the Arizona Republic on Wednesday that she had reviewed the Senate Budget Committee's spending framework and has told Senate leadership and Biden that she supports many of its goals, including job growth and American competitiveness, but she doesn't like the price tag. So this is going to be, once again, we're all going to be running around like the guy at the end of the parade who has to scoop up the elephant shit, right? We got to all run around and like scoop up after Kirsten Sinema as she goes running around trying to screw up this deal. Again, being this insufferable, insufferable spoiler, the spoiler of all spoilers. Even Joe Manchin isn't going there. And Joe Manchin is like the poster boy for being a spoiler. So I don't, uh, I don't understand. Someone's going to have to do some uh, serious digging into where she's getting mm. her money, who's influencing her, and where she thinks she's going to be getting the votes uh, when she's up for re-election again. My hunch is that Kirsten Sinema, and I've, I've been wrong about this shit before, so uh, take this with a grain of salt. My hunch, David, is that she's going to be a one-termer. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a fierce no, I mean, primary At this challenge. point, yeah. I mean, yeah. she's basically like a sinus headache in human form. <laughs> Like, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of those migraine headaches that you get that it little won't go away. swirly thing in your vision. Yeah, the swirly thing mm. in your vision. That's one of Kirsten Cinema's outfits. Yeah, <laughs> like different colors and weird combinations. Clown. And, yeah, strange clown. shapes. You see the <laughs> yeah. silver thing that was like so freaking tight. You could see the outline, the waistband of her spanks. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> I, man, I didn't see that, but yeah, you are. It should look like a baked potato. Um, <laughs> Yeah, see, I thought Marjorie Taylor Greene's feet looked like baked potatoes. Oh, please. <laughs> I got, you know, we talked about, Kimberly and I talked about that on the after party last Friday. Because Kimberly was, for a couple of days, obsessed with uh, Marjorie Three Names and her weird Fred Flintstone feet. And <laughs> so, so we were talking about that. I was like, I don't, I don't care about her feet, but I guess it's a thing because she's got weird feet. But the point that I'm getting at here is that uh, I got mail. <laughs> I got mail after that. People going, oh, my God, Bob. It, I, I was so nauseous when you were talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene's feet. I had to turn off the show. <laughs> and it, thank God we don't have video or photography as part of the show. It was just, it was just our descriptions of her feet. Oh, shit. I really want to see a DNA test to find out if she's part potato. <laughs> Who, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yeah, uh, I mean, she really, Marjorie Taylor Greene just really does look like she's like assembled from... Potato parts. Yeah, her head is kind of shaped like a potato, oh, isn't it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I... I, now I'm embarrassed that we went there. I'm embarrassed that we went <laughs> to, to those lengths. I'm sorry. If you're nauseous from today's show, I, I really, really apologize. Um, Did you see like their, like, their sad little press conference on Monday? Oh, yeah. The protesters. Oh, my I, that God. That woman who just kept asking Matt Gates again and again, are you a pedophile? Are you a pedophile? Are you a pedophile? That, she's my hero. I'm yeah. a choose your fighter. That girl. That's exactly what needs to happen. When you're being trolled, troll them right back. That's the only response. You're never going to talk policy with Matt Gates or Marjorie no. Taylor Greene, certainly not Louis Gohmert. The whistles. Louis whoever- Gomer could lose an argument with a puffball mushroom. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of a guy I mean- who looks like a potato, <laughs> his head looks like a potato. What? What is it? Maybe the rodeo clown caucus. Maybe they've got like a thing. Maybe membership involves. They were really exercised about Mr. Potato Head. 
You know, I think it may because like, you know, it's a family thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my uncle aunt you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, it was the whole thing disintegrated into just nothing where they had to go run off. They had to run away. In fact, uh, Brave Sir Donald ran away. The rodeo clown caucus <laughs> ran away. They ran away. Ran away, away he did. Brave, brave Sir Donald. Gomert. When reporters asked about what he said, he bravely turned his tail and fled, and he hid right there behind his desk, and he chickened out. Yeah, they ran right away. They uh, It was so perfect. They had the signs. There was one picture where it was perfectly framed. Matt Gates was standing right in front of a big sign that said, Rapist. <laughs> nice. Nice. And then I, I got to give uh, extra props to whoever decided, hey, you know, whistles would be a great thing. Let's bring rape whistles to the press conference and just start blowing the rape whistles while they're talking. I, I don't see Brilliant. any other way to handle these guys uh, other than to do that kind of shit, to just disrupt their trolling. I mean, that's the absolute best strategy to have for that it's so punk rock yeah you know? <laughs> like and they weren't even able, able to get anything out they weren't able to say a goddamn no. thing before the protesters uh forced them to go tearing away uh racing back to their cars and their buildings job well done to the protesters who turned up and also i gotta say a special recognition for the guy who holds the traitor signs outside yes. the various courthouses that guy's back I noticed that guy uh, standing outside the courthouse when uh, Tom Barrick went in <laughs> to, to figure out if he could get uh, get out on bail. And in fact, I think what was his release? Pri the price tag of his bail was two hundred fifty million dollars. Jesus, <laughs> man! And you know what? I think he's worth a total of about a billion dollars. So he had to put up one fourth of his total net worth. In order to get out of uh, being in jail, awaiting trial. So so sad. So sad for Tom Barrett. Sad. Yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, we've got some more news later on about the uh, inauguration investigation. That mm. whole thing is, uh, is moving forward. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, let's see what else here. Oh, yeah. You know what? Trump tried to sabotage that infrastructure deal. Remember, <laughs> because throughout his... Uh, right. His ridiculous term as president, his his one term, because he is a one-term loser, he did all those infrastructure weeks. We all remember the infrastructure weeks mm -hmm. where it was just like, mm -hmm. we're doing infrastructure, and they turned out to be like three minutes long, just enough for them to say infrastructure week, and then it disintegrated into something else, whatever Donald Trump... And then Trump we found out that Steve Bannon's been having sex with horses in the <laughs> West Wing. You know, like, I mean... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would quickly get uh, sidelined because of whatever nonsense was coming out of Trump's mouth or Steve Bannon's mouth or Stephen Miller's mouth or whatever. And so we never quite got any kind of infrastructure deal. But the Biden administration, if you watched uh, Lawrence O'Donnell last night, he did a complete profile in terms of how this deal was done. How many meetings? I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, over a thousand meetings had taken place between the Legislative Affairs Department of the White House and lawmakers on Capitol Hill to work out the deal uh, for these infrastructure packages, these dueling, well, they're not dueling, but they're adjoining infrastructure packages, right? Well, mm. in the process, Trump can't have that. Trump can't have anyone else being successful because either he has to kill the success somehow, sabotage it, or he has to steal the success and attribute the success to himself, right? Mm -hmm. He has to take credit for <laughs> someone else's success because that's all he does. The Trumps steal. The Trumps are thieves, 
They steal everything. Melania Trump stole two Michelle Obama, not one, but two Michelle Obama speeches. <laughs> I can't believe, you know what? I can't believe. I don't being. understand the right wingers attraction to plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> In the modern age, it will not fly. Yeah. People will do word searches on you and they just like, you know, Benny Johnson, Melania. I mean, it's just like. A, uh, yep. Yeah, that, well, everything that uh, Donald Trump claims is his own has been stolen from someone else. In fact, the entire business model, we've talked about this so many times, but the entire business model of the Trump organization is to attach the Trump name to something that someone else built, right? It's a constant pump and dump scheme, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Well, Trump talking about birtherism. That was stolen from Orly Tates and the other weirdos <laughs> who started it in the first place. People they had bad experience with Kitty Pilgrim. <laughs> oh, Orly, where are you now? Yeah, I mean, he remember he would steal credit for the uh, uh, Veterans Affairs Choice legislation, the VA Choice mm -hmm. Bill, uh, which he said that he did, but it was actually passed under Barack Obama. It's, it's theft. It's flagrant, flagrant theft. So in the case of the infrastructure bill, which is my favorite uh, uh, Encyclopedia Brown story, the case of the infrastructure bill. Trump, the case of the missing infra infrastructure week. Yeah, exactly. Those close to the former president say he remains miffed that the Senate Republicans didn't move a bill when he was in office. Though he has increasingly sought to undermine negotiations, Trump's efforts to derail any infrastructure package have so far mostly been met with a shrug on Capitol Hill. But he's been trying. This is a, an interesting statement on the kind of influence that Trump has. This is something that was happening under the radar. This was not something mm -hmm. that they were talking about a lot on Fox News Channel or on AM Talk Radio or Breitbart or wherever. So this was something that the Republicans just go, all right, we're going to ignore him on this because it's not a political football be, you know, being tossed around in the usual Red Hat Entertainment Complex circles. If it had been then the Republicans would have gotten in line behind Trump. Thank God that it didn't. But that's, I think, a statement to the benefit of the Biden White House. The way... And maybe Republicans are finally starting to do the math. Yeah. And, you know, throwing their lot in permanently with a guy who never cracked 47% approval <laughs> is, you know, not really a winning move. Well, they're but also learning, too, that Trump's influence with regard to vaccines and masks is killing Republican voters. Yes. And I think the Republicans are beginning to realize that, and they're slowly starting to back away. Uh, and that's what we thought. I, I'm, st I'm stopping myself on the slowly starting to back away thing, because yesterday and parts of today were, were complete disasters when it came to masking rules and so on, where Kevin McCarthy mm -hmm. is freaking out, Republicans are freaking out on the floor and, uh, of the House, and just talking about the tyranny of having to wear masks, and again, deceiving their own people in terms of why sometimes you have to wear a mask even though you're vaccinated. The whole point of the Republican strategy, regardless of whether it's COVID or some other issue, guns or the economy or infrastructure, the whole point of what they try to do is confuse their own people because confusion breeds anger and then anger is directed toward the Democrats. They just take that anger and, and, and funnel it into the laps of the Democrats. It's all their fault. It's not us. We're not the ones confusing you. It's them. It's them and academia and the scientists, and they all want to screw you over, and AOC and Black Lives Matter. Don't you see how they're screwing you and making you confused? 
<sighs> yeah. 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 So, it's like, but it's amazing to me that they're like, it's like they can come up on the wrong side of any issue. Yeah. It's it just any issue mm. science, gender. Like, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's like a Rubik's Cube that, like, you know, like, I, it's just they like immediately just like come right up on the wrong 180 degree position on everything. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't have to be right. They just have to scramble the playing field, right? They just have to take the board game and shake it up or throw it across the room or whatever. So everyone goes, ah, fuck, and we're pissed off now, and we're going to blame those other people too because it's all their fault. If it hadn't been for them, and, and that's the whole idea. The whole idea is, you know, if everyone's wrong about this or that, then no one's wrong, right? That's the whole game that they're playing. And so uh, it's not about the Republicans coming up with some sort of winning argument. The Republican mission is to just confuse people and frustrate people because once they're frustrated, they get pissed off. Okay. So uh, moving along here, we got lots more to talk about. Uh, Joe Biden's winning the war on poverty. I want to talk about that in just a second. Plus, I wanted to mention a couple of things from uh, Donald Trump's remarks at the Turning Point Foundation. I think that's what it was called. He did a rally over the weekend, and there were just a couple of things I observed uh, from that. Because, yes, I watched it, and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> I don't it's like know why. It's eating a bad oyster. You know, it's like once it's in there. That's right. But it's like, you know, the regret that you have after you've had too much to drink and you're laying there and the room's spinning and you feel a little nauseous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's that it's that feeling. The room is spinning and I'm feeling a little nauseous after watching Trump's remarks the other day. But first, if you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, I wish my under eye bags would just go away. You're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women until now. Introducing the new GenuCell serum with plant stem cell technology from the folks at Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote, quote, I've been using GenuCell for a couple of months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone, vanished. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared, and they haven't come back. I love this product, end quote. With its instant effects, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours, just 12 hours, or your money back. They guarantee it. Order now and get 50% off all GenuCell packages for summer. Go to lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. Link in the description at bobsuska.com. Love GenuCell. Dot com slash Stephanie. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. singer yes this is maria zimet and uh, her cover of something's coming i think this is from what west west side story is that it i'm a very disappointing gay when it comes to show tunes i don't know <laughs> damn it you're no good you're no use you're no use to me yeah no i think it is from uh west side story yeah uh this is on her album uh on the road to love 
That's the name of the record. MariaZimit.com. Link in the descriptions. That's uh, M-A-R-Y-A. M-A-R-Y-A. Zimit. Z-I-M-M-E-T.com. God, she's so silky. Yeah. Like, whole, it's just, the phrasing is just, uh. Yeah. The whole album is like this. The whole album is just perfect. Let's see. Uh, she also does uh, a cover of If I Only Had a Brain is on here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. There's a cover of that on here. Anyone Can Whistle. Oh, my God. Maybe, maybe I'm Amazed. <laughs> just a great album. Nice. Yeah, yeah. BobSeska.com slash music. Submit your songs to the show. Thank you in advance for doing that. Really appreciate it. Uh, Indie Music Countdown coming up this weekend at some point. Haven't decided whether it's going to be Sunday or Monday. Suffice to say, it'll be somewhere around this weekend. It's the end of the month. Time for another one of those things. Okay. David, this is some great news. I actually have some good news today. (laughs) Hit me. I, I need it. I fucking need this good news. Joe Biden is totally winning the war on poverty. The Democratic Party winning the war on poverty. The huge increase in government aid prompted by the coronavirus pandemic will cut poverty nearly in half this year from pre-pandemic levels. And this is not just child poverty. This is poverty all around. A 50% reduction from pre-pandemic levels, and it'll push the share of Americans in poverty to the lowest level on record according to the most comprehensive analysis yet of a vast but temporary expansion of the safety net. The number of poor Americans is expected to fall by nearly 20 million from 2018 levels, a decline of almost 45%. The country has never cut poverty so much in such a short period of time, and the development is especially notable since it defies economic headwinds. The economy has nearly 7 million fewer jobs than it did before the pandemic. The extraordinary reduction in poverty has also come at an extraordinary cost, with annual spending on major programs projected to rise fourfold to more than $1 trillion. Yet without further expensive uh, new measures, millions of families may find the escape from poverty brief. So some of this legislation, we got to make it permanent, especially this child tax credit. Mm-hmm. You know, the other day, uh, Lauren Bober tweeted. Well, if you know, it would all get paid for if Jeff Bezos would just pay his taxes. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Well, you know, Lauren Bobert the other day was like, well, what the what have the Democrats done so far? They control the White House and they have the House of Representatives and have the Senate. What have they done? Nothing. Nothing, I tell you. Well, you know what they did? They cut child poverty in half. Now they've cut poverty all around in half. But the child poverty was cut in half. You know how? With a goddamn tax cut. They did it with a tax cut. They said, we're going to cut taxes for middle-income people, working people who have kids, and we're going to say, we're, we're not only going to cut your taxes, but we're going to give you an advance on that tax cut, and it's going to be paid out monthly based on the number of kids that you have and the age of those kids. There is nothing that they can say. I mean, talk about stripping the ball away from the Republicans when it comes to tax cuts. This has happened again in as many years where it happened at the beginning of the Joe Biden administration, as we have seen. And it also happened at the beginning of the Obama administration. I mean, we don't often mention that in the first stimulus legislation that Obama passed, his first piece of legislation out of the chute in 2009, contained at the time the largest middle class tax cut in American history. You know, if you're going to be talking about tax cuts, this is where the tax cuts should go. And somehow the Republicans are against that. Republicans are against tax cuts for working people, middle class workers, families, and so on. You want to talk about the limit 
on Republican support for tax cuts. The limit is anyone <laughs> other than it's not a millionaire. <laughs> millionaires, exactly. Billionaire. The millionaires are billionaires, as uh, as Bernie Sanders likes to say. Yeah. So this is a this is a big fucking deal, and I hope I hope I hope the Democrats are already uh, planning leg- uh, campaign ads mm-hmm. to brag about this. Because if the tree falls in the forest and no one's, if the tax cuts fall in the forest <laughs> and no one's around to hear it, does it actually make a sound? Well, it has to make a sound. And so, fingers crossed, this has got to be the centerpiece of some campaign ads in every congressional district, if possible, uh, next year. And you put those right up next to the ads containing the testimony from the Capitol Police the other day as well which many of those statements, many of those remarks uh, delivered the other day could be used as just standalone ads. Put the ad in there and just say at the end, I'm so-and-so and I approve this message. There's your campaign ad. What more do you need? Meantime, uh, on the evil side of the ledger, Donald Trump did a, a rally the other day, and I just want to mention a couple things from it. I don't have any audio. Don't worry. I'm not going to play any audio from it. Uh, I think Hal Sparks did a whole breakdown of the rally. So if you want to hear someone talking about it and playing the audio from it, go watch Hal Sparks' show on YouTube. It's a must-watch thing. It's hysterical. It's awesome. Uh, go check it out. Uh, but Donald Trump, during this rally, said he hired General Milley because John Kelly and Mad Dog Mattis hated Millie and wanted to see <laughs> wanted to send Millie to Europe. So Donald Trump said, "So that's my guy." So he's doing the opposite of what his military advisors are recommending. Because he's Donald Trump and he's a dick. That's why. And so he was okay with Millie by the way, uh, when Millie was helping and him until out. Until Millie spoke out again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, Trump said Democrats want to get rid of all the cows. That lie, again. <laughs> they, they, they want to get rid of the cows. The cows. Why do, they, why do they hate the cows? And then he said, here's the reason I'm bringing this up. Then he said, it's going to be humans next. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump has just accused the Democrats of wanting to get rid of all humans so 8.2, or which is, is why we're trying to vaccinate everybody and get them to wear masks. We want them all to die. Yeah. So 82 million Democrats who voted for Joe Biden want to get rid of themselves. Apparently, that's the politics here. And the crazy thing isn't Donald Trump saying it because this is the kind of shit we expect from Donald Trump. The crazy thing is the multitude of people at this rally who were like, "Yeah, yeah." The goddamn radical left Democrats. Lock them up. Lock them up. (laughs) He also said the vaccine rollout is, quote unquote, very slow. (laughs) So this is, okay, we're going to sabotage this vaccine rollout. And then when it's shitty, we're going to say it was very slow. We're going to tell all our people not to get vaccinated, not to wear masks, to basically kill themselves to infect themselves, to let them, you know, get uh, all varieties of side effects in the long run. We're going to let them do that. And then we're going to say, well, look, it's the Democrats' fault. It's they. Why did they do this to us? I really, like, I was watching a clip of Tucker Carlson. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they are deliberately telling their people to go unvaccinated and maskless so that the economy will crash again and they can blame Biden. Yeah, yeah. Like it just it, the most cynical part of me was just like this. They are really intentionally going. They're like killing their viewers. Yeah, 
to own the libs. But I, I don't understand how that works because what's going to have to happen, it's going to have to turn out to be a net gain in voters. And a net gain in voters is increasingly difficult as more Republican voters die because they're going to be losing voters faster than they gain voters because of COVID. Yeah. And that's I, the thing. I mean, uh, oh, my God. See, I'm I'm concerned about you guys down there in Georgia being so uh, close to what's happening in Florida. Florida is a mess. And as we all know, if one place is a mess, it's very easy for that mess to bleed out into surrounding areas and create new messes in those areas. It is an utter disaster. It's the DeSantis disaster. Mm. And, uh, and I think that's where we got we to gotta place the blame. We demand medical freedom. Have you noticed the tweets about this, David? Medical freedom, medical privacy. It's a new thing. Oh, for I the saw Republican. Marjorie three names was like, you know, when someone asked her if she was vaccinated, she was like, your question's violation of my HIPAA rights. I'm like, bitch, you can't even spell HIPAA. <laughs> like, you don't even know what it means. Like, yeah. I just, oh, God. Yeah, Madison Cawthorn uh, yesterday tweeted uh, something along those lines. He was talking about medical freedom, medical privacy. And once again, shocked that now suddenly the Red Hat Republicans are pro-choice. And I'm just waiting. It's just a matter of time before one of them goes, hey, you know what? That Fourth Amendment guarantees a, a right to privacy, and I demand to have my right to privacy. Don't you dare ask me about whether I've been vaccinated and whether I wear a mask, because the Fourth Amendment says I don't have to tell you. I'm just waiting for that. Because you know what that'll be? That'll be a full-throated endorsement of something called Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade, mm. <laughs> Roe v. Wade says the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, number four on the Bill of Rights. It's two down from that beloved Second Amendment. Number four guarantees a right to privacy. Specifically, women have a right to medical privacy and to, to receive, therefore, this medical procedure. That's the whole point of it. And I'm just waiting for the Republicans to go there. And I know the first Republican who's going to do it. The first Republican who's going to derp his way into this one, Charlie Kirk. Because yeah. Charlie Kirk derps his way into everything. He's the dumbest man in politics. And I don't say that lightly because there are a lot of dumb people in politics. Charlie Kirk is the dumbest of the dumb. His Twitter feed is like someone hacked his Twitter feed. And is deliberately saying dumb things. He eventually, and it's going to come in with a matter of days, if not weeks, he's going to endorse a Fourth Amendment right to privacy. I swear to fucking God, it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, well, I have done my best to make it happen. Because yesterday, I did a Twitter search on the mm. phrase medical privacy. And I was going through some of the Red Hat Twitter feeds and when they say, yes, we demand medical privacy, I was responding, yes, I agree. The Fourth Amendment guarantees medical privacy. And then I'd put a bunch of American flags or something like that to make them convinced that I was one of them, you know. And so I'm just, I'm seeding, I'm seeding the ground with this nonsense to see if they derp their way into it. And I swear to God, they probably will. So try it yourself. It's a fun activity. Before we move on from Charlie Kirk, though, yeah. I have a very specific bone to pick with him. Okay. Uh, regarding Simone Biles. Regarding what? Oh, 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 Simone Biles, yes. Yeah. 
like Charlie Kirk, who has never done anything to a level of excellence in his entire life, mm-hmm. not, you know, even taking a decent dump, probably <laughs> the, guy, the man who could lose a dance off yeah. to Madison Cawthorn. Like it just uh, for him to call Simone Biles a quitter and a coward and a sociopath, it just makes my brain just boil because yeah. Simone Biles, like is a superhuman athlete. Mm-hmm. She does amazing things. Incredible. She does things that have never been done before in that sport. That they're mm-hmm. naming after her. Yeah. She came up through the foster care system. She was molested by a white man who was supposed to be her fucking doctor. You know, and she's overcome all of that. And what's happening to her is she says, this is a syndrome called the twisties. But mm-hmm. part of what enables gymnasts to do what they do is their exact mental presence and picture of where their body is in space and when you lose that orientation and you're moving at that kind of velocity you can break your neck you can get you know i mean Mm -hmm. just it's not safe yeah so i feel like she doesn't owe mediocre white men like charlie kirk and pierce fucking morgan sack of rancid oatmeal (laughs) just these, these these just Pathetic, pathetic white guys with their Doughy little shrimp pantlos. dicks. Yeah, yeah. Like totally, like to talk about someone like Simone Biles who has overcome so much and has persevered through so many things, when she is acting out of her own, you know, at the interest of her own safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just and that's uh, important. I mean, the the mental side of athletics like that are crucial to the performance because, as you said. These are dangerous routines they're doing. One false move, one uh, glitch in your concentration, and yeah, you can snap your neck or your back or both in some cases. And so it requires ultimate concentration. It requires ultimate focus and ultimate determination, tenacity beyond what we can possibly imagine as mere mortals. And you know how I kind of relate to this. Back in 2008, in the spring of 2008, and I'll make this as quick as possible. In spring of 2008, I was riding my bike through this town in eastern Pennsylvania, and I came up to this intersection, and these kids in this car sped past me and then suddenly turned right. On the, at the intersection, mm-hmm. right in front of me, and I smashed into their car, and I fractured a vertebrae. And so it took a long time to recover from that notion, from the stress and the trauma of being hit by a car. And I developed this thing in my head, and it's purely psychological. But if I get the sense before I go for a bike ride that uh, I'm not really feeling it, I feel like I... Mm, I'm not really concentrated. I probably should not go then. And so I I need to have my head wired the right way to go back out on the road before I do, right? Or uh, you got to listen to your body. Yeah, you got to listen to your body. You got to listen to your instincts as well. And that's the whole point. And this is all to say that if Simone Biles feels as though she cannot perform at her best because of pressure or some psychological element, some mental element, and she decides she needs to pull out and not do this this competition, I completely relate to that. That makes complete sense to me. And these guys who are like, ah, you know, what a a terrible woman for pulling out of the Olympic Games like this and blah, 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 blah. She's, oh, she must, she's so weak. 
These okay, typewriter, uh, keyboard yeah. warrior, like put down your computer laptop and go do all her events. Right, right. Like just like, let's see how you do. Let's do us a flip, Charlie. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just. Yeah. Mm. I mean, how often every day do uh, ball players go, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of injured. I don't feel well today. I'm going to sit this game out. Take me out, put in a substitute and we'll we'll move ahead that way. It happens all the time. But the difference here is, well, first of all, it's the Olympics, and there's a lot of focus on the Olympics right now. Uh, but also, Simone Biles is black. And it's, uh, it's Republican sport right now to go after black people in the news. Mm-hmm. This is just what they do, because they're racist and they're horrible. And so they're going to demonize yeah, this black hell? athlete. Piers Morgan has got a real problem with black women. Yeah. I mean, he just, like, he cannot control himself. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's like, dude, your issues, like, go to therapy and, like, get out of our, like, collective consciousness and work on your shit. Because, like, he's got a serious problem yeah. with any kind of strong or powerful black woman. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. It's, it's not only that she's black, it's that she's a woman as well. And the notion Let's not is, forget that Piers Morgan made his name by spying on people's private phone messages. Like the way he became yeah. a tabloid titan in England mm-hmm. was hacking into a dead girl's phone. <sighs> Jesus. Utter, utter shamelessness. And we're talking about people who, you know, would get out of breath if they had to walk a city block. And we see the consequences of athletes that push themselves beyond their points of endurance. Like, you know, Aaron mm-hmm. Hernandez. Yeah. Like, who freaking lost his mind because concussions. And, it you know, people are not disposable objects. Right, right. Their bodies are not our commodity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, and I feel like that's especially, like, uh, incumbent, you know, when they – it ties back to the whole, like, medical thing of, like, doctors not listening to black people when they mm-hmm. say they're in pain. And it, I, I just – it makes me – boil with rage yeah again (laughs) their guy had to tiptoe down a ramp a dry ramp that was probably no more than a a 10 degree elevation Mm -hmm. right a 10 degree angle tiptoe down that ramp hold his hand but simone because he's got those stupid heels on he's wearing those lifts oh yeah that's to make But also, he's deathly paranoid of being seen as uh, as like Gerald Ford falling. He just doesn't want to be seen as falling. But he's—I mean—it's a cowardly thing to do, first of all. But at the same time, they're like, "Well, our guy will barely walk down a ramp with anything but baby steps." But Simone Biles refuses to do like this quadruple flip spin in the middle in midair after launching herself off this platform. Oh my God! What a coward! No, 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 no. I said on Fugelsang last night, this country puts way too much emphasis on the importance of sports. I think we... I live in a USC town. I mean, you don't have to... I mean, ugh. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a fucking cult. And people are like... They get like bestial about the shit. You know, like ripping down goalposts and dragging them a mile. It's just like... (laughs) Yeah, what it's, it's your... beyond what people believe uh, or how people act with regard to any other kind of entertainment. Sports is much more uh, uh, fanatical, I think. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing to say that given the, the fanboy love that happens around things like superhero movies and comic books and sci-fi and shit like that. But it's true with this kind of thing, with sports, 
people get crazy. And I'm talking about. Yeah, we don't like burn downtown if a movie tanks. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's to the point where. And like, you know, we're coming up on that season again. And it's almost August. And like, here comes the football crowd. And it's like my town gets like taken mm-hmm. over by this rolling toxic waste event. Yeah. Like, it, you know, there's like feet of garbage literally on campus mm-hmm. because they're such fucking pigs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the outrage over the changing of the Cleveland Indians name to the Cleveland Guardians, uh, you know, the outrage around that completely. I mean, that should be not even on the list of like the top thousand or top million most important things happening in this country. The name of the Cleveland baseball team. And then that was like it was, it was like a two day story. The outrage patrol was all over that for like two consecutive days. I can't believe it. Donald Trump was screaming about it the other day. I can't believe they changed this name. What the hell are they doing to our baseball? What the hell is going on, as Donald Trump says? Like, just no, it's just the God. It's just God. And by the <laughs> by the way, the Guardians is a much better name because of the Guardians of Transportation, the statues in Cleveland. I didn't know about this. I didn't mm. know this about Cleveland, but they have these statues, the Guardians of Transportation. And so that makes the name fully appropriate. And they're, they're cool, really cool-looking Art Deco statues, by the way, too. So this is an appropriate name for Cleveland. I don't know where the Indians came from as a name for the Cleveland baseball team. Uh, it's very, very old-timey. It goes back a long, long way. Mm-hmm. So changing that name, who the fuck cares? This is not going to make or break uh, your bank account or your lives or your children's college education. None of it's going to matter. It's not going to pollute the atmosphere or raise ocean temperatures or anything like that. It's not a big fucking deal. But it deal. hurts their feelings, Bob. Yeah, that's true. That's makes true. Makes them feel like they're not in control. Makes them feel bad. Makes <laughs> It's like a three-year-old that wants his milk from a very specific cup. And if you try to give him any other cup, <laughs> it's, exactly. it's going to be it's gonna be hell to pay. And yep. it's like just uh, – but I mean, you know, brain studies have shown that like people who tend to – conservatism are like rigid – Black and white thinkers that are yeah. fearful of everything. That's right. That's right. Well, right now, those black and white thinkers are uh, holding us all hostage. We're going to talk about COVID here in uh, just one second. Back with more show after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! Yeah, 
brand new single here from Freak Bass. We're doing Freak Bass bookends this month. Mm-hmm. Start of the month with Freak Bass single, ending the month with a Freak Bass single. Uh, this is called Take Me Out, and this features Karina Reichman, also on bass. Uh, freakbass.com, support my friend Freak. Um, yeah, you know what? Next month, August, we're going to do another Rewind Month. So we're going to replay some songs we've already played because I feel like we need to replay some of these songs. They're really, really good. I don't want to uh, dispose of them so quickly. So I'm not sure which August we're going to rewind to. We have a limited number of Augusts, but uh, that's what we're going to do for next month. So it's uh, some familiar songs here on the show. Okay, moving along now. Um, First of all, a study has concluded that COVID is linked to a substantial deficit in intelligence, getting COVID. This is not to make fun of anybody, uh, but just say a large study finds that COVID-19 is linked to a substantial drop in intelligence. They're just throwing that in there. Really? That's another possible side effect. Yeah, this is from SciPost. Yeah. So another thing to concern about. It's a large study. People people who have recovered from COVID-19 tend to score significantly lower on an intelligence test compared to those who have not contracted the virus, according to new research published by The Lancet. Uh, The findings suggest that the SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes COVID-19 can produce substantial reductions in cognitive ability, especially among those with more severe illness. So we've heard heard this uh, discussed before. I think Buzz Burbank reported on this in his very last newscast, that there were cognitive issues in the long run for people who have contracted COVID. And this is the first time I've seen it defined as being a reduction in intelligence. So just another thing to add to the list. And there's no guarantee, by the way, that if you get COVID and you have just mild symptoms that you're going to avoid long-term side effects. There's no evidence of that, by the way. I just want to throw that in there. And the thing that I am most concerned about for me is, of course, the the number one thing is getting COVID and then passing it along to the people I love. That's the scariest thing, as far as I'm concerned. Second scariest thing, getting COVID, maybe having mild symptoms, but having long-term side effects because of Mm -hmm. the virus. That's second on my list. But um, now, (laughs) some of these red hats, shirkers and so on, are telling people to just get COVID. Just get it. Get it. And and so then, therefore, you'll be immune. The easiest way to avoid getting COVID is to get COVID, <laughs> apparently. This guy, uh, Alex uh, Berenson, he is a uh, popular uh, red hat influencer. He's a former New York Times reporter turned anti-vaccine proponent. He is uh, tweeting about this. Y- you, know, you know what immunizes you against SARS-CoV-2 quickly, efficiently, and with low risk to healthy, non-elderly people? getting SARS-CoV-2. <laughs> and then he got Fucking idiot. Then he got tagged uh, with this from Twitter. This tweet may be misleading. Get the latest on preventative measures in COVID. Maybe misleading? It's absolutely misleading. Get what, what do you have to lose? Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. There's a talk show host from Nashville who's like their Rush Limbaugh, a guy named mm-hmm. Phil Valentine, who's been put on a ventilator now. Oh, yeah. He got COVID on July 11th. Mm -hmm. He's still in the hospital. Yeah. Um, He's, you know, 61, otherwise healthy. 
Right. And, uh, you know, but again, it's going to be one of those things where conservatives don't believe it until mm. it actually happens to them. Yeah. Yeah. I was on Fugelsang's show, as I normally am on Wednesday night, and the caller right before my segment uh, was this guy named Floyd. And he was saying, I'm not going to get vaccinated. And you know what? <laughs> I- I'm not going to get COVID and I'm not going to give it to anybody either. Just like defiantly saying, it's not going to happen to me. It's totally not going to happen. You know, it's just... It's, it's like, are you magic? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, I mean, the dumbness of that. I mean, how many people have contracted STIs, or as we used to call them, STDs? Because they go, well, you know, she, she looks healthy. <laughs> or he looks healthy. Mm. Oh, you can't, you can't go by that. That's not the... No, no. You're in for trouble if you go down that road. Uh, meanwhile, here's a, oh yeah, we have a, a, a new feature here on the show. It's Marco Rubio's derp of the day. Yep. <laughs> Marco Rubio has derped into another one today. Uh, he tweeted uh, about an hour ago. He said, our secretary of defense is vaccinated, but he arrives in the Philippines. This is secretary of defense, uh, Austin. He arrives in the Philippines wearing a mask and a face shield. Embarrassing COVID theater, he says. And then Marco Rubio includes a video of Secretary Austin getting off the plane, and he's a tall man. He's a very, very tall man. Oh, he's huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's wearing a mask. He's wearing a black mask, and he's wearing a face shield. You know why? And this, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm reading Bill Crystal tweets favorably. And Bill Crystal says, the Philippine government requires a mask and shield in public places. SecDef is being courteous and respectful of his, uh, of his host government. An apology from Marco Rubio to SecDef would be appropriate. Yeah. It's required. Marco Rubio. Marco is Rubio required. is just so constantly out of his depth. And that's not a ding on his height. Right. Um, it just... He always is just stri- he. I mean, he would be so much happier in his footy pajamas, watching Spider-Man cartoons and eating spaghettios, and ah, yes. they just push him out there in front of the cameras, and he's like, uh, uh, and he just derps on all. You know, uh, it's bless his heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also, now Demick is gonna drink his milkshake. <laughs> That's right. I can't wait for that campaign. Oh, it's going to be my, glorious. It's going to be favorites. a bloodbath. He is such a fucking cream puff, and she is so money. She is I sharp mean, as hell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Val Demings is going to give Marco Rubio a run for his money, and it's going to be really exciting to watch. I hope she wins. Because, I hope it makes Piers Morgan cry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and did you see, we talked about this the other day, but I want to get your reaction to it. You see uh, Donald Trump completely boned uh, uh, George P. Bush. By endorsing Ken Paxton instead of Bush. No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> please clap. I love yeah, it when they clap. fight. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, George P. Bush really was kissing Trump's ass in defiance I of his entire it was family. Groveling. It's, his entire yeah. family was getting, you know, regularly trashed. And he's like, Trump, 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 because so I'm in Florida. Yeah, such a Dumbass. such a shame. Couldn't happen to a better person. Uh, meanwhile, experts are once again recommending that people who've had COVID should get vaccinated too. And this went out uh, all over the place. A big alert that went out uh, yesterday afternoon. According to medical experts and health agencies, people should get vaccinated regardless of whether they've be, uh, been previously infected with COVID-19 because it remains unclear how strong or long-lasting the protection from natural antibodies is. Studies have shown that vaccinations provide a strong boost in protection in people who have recovered from COVID-19, according to the CDC. 
So get vaccinated, goddammit. It's not about you. It's about your community. It's not about whether you get sick. It's, it's about whether everyone around you also gets sick because of you. It's just common sense. And we really have a serious deficit in common sense in this country. Serious, serious. I mean, to the point where if we continue on this trajectory, oh, now I'm going to get really dark at the end of the show. If we continue on this trajectory, I don't know where this lands, but it's not going to be any place good. I mean, we're going to be putting Brondo in the crops, and I'm not saying that jokingly. It's only a matter of time, and that's why if if the Rondo Republican Party got doesn't what plants yeah. crave, <laughs> <laughs> well, the Republican Party's got to get its house in order. Otherwise, man, the idiocracy that we're headed toward right now is almost blinding to consider. To, to stare into the gaping maw of that idiocracy, man, that'll blow out your retinas. It's really a, really a scary thing. Yeah, Jim Cramer is predicting 100 million people getting sick in nine weeks. Yeah. That's Jim Cramer. So he's a, you know, he's one of the uh, white guys in lower Manhattan, so take it with a grain of salt, but you never know. Okay, that's it. Postmortem show coming up next. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Please clap.